Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Maeda, with another edition of the quarantined Tech Today podcast. Another 30 days of being quarantined. So right through the end of April, we'll see where that takes us. Um, a little change tonight, we're going to do a movie review podcast. No, we're not. But I am going to give you a couple of shows to watch that I thought were pretty quality that I've uh, watched over the past couple of weeks. So one would be Devs, if you like quantum computing. If you saw um, Ex Machina, written and directed by Alex Garland, he's doing Devs. Second program would be 000, Z-E-R-O, spelled three times, no spaces. Um, if you like the first Sicario, you will like 000. Um, both shows are on Amazon Prime. So you have that. Uh, CBS market, mortgage-backed security, CMBS, what did I say, CBS, CBS Viacom, uh, don't want to be CBS Viacom, but the CMBS market, bunch of maturities coming up April 1 through 10. If you know the REITs in that space, a lot of those stocks are off 80, 90%. Some people have made bets that they'll recover. If those REITs do recover, those people are going to make a killing. So it's going to be interesting to see how the CMBS market reacts as a bunch of these securities mature April 1 through 10. And part of the $2 trillion stimulus was the, the government uh, treasury buying some of those securities to provide support. So we'll see how that plays out. We published an article entitled Industry's Best Position to Go Mobile Post-COVID. And so the catalyst for this article was had some conversations around the financial services industry. So I've worked in that industry most of my life. Uh, spent some time on, on the buy side and the investment management side with Putnam Investments. Spent most of my time on the sell side as an equity research analyst covering software uh, with Needham and Company. And so in those two experiences, particularly with, with, with Needham, always on the road. I was probably on the road maybe 75% of the time. And that's not uncommon. Some, some sell-side professionals travel a little bit less. I don't know many or any that traveled more, but that was the case with me since 2003 for my approximate 10 years in, in that space. On the corp dev side, same thing. Always on the road, always work from a laptop, from a hotel somewhere in the world. Um, very different on the retail banking side. Very different on the commercial banking side. I was surprised to learn that many of those professionals or everyone that I talked to works from the office exclusively and using a desktop. So I, I was shocked when I read a couple weeks ago, uh, it was Wall Street Journal reported that many banking professionals were buying laptops for the first time. And I just thought that couldn't be correct. But in, in my the, the few checks I made, that was the case. So um, I, I think that post-COVID, you're going to see the banks uh, on the commercial side and the retail side do a lot more in terms of employees operating from home, using tools that are available like Zoom, Skype, Google Hangouts, things like this, just for simple communication. And then you'll see, you tend to see more in terms of document automation, whether it's with companies like Adobe, Microsoft, um, DocuSign, uh, 
automation as it relates to intelligent process automation. You've probably heard me talk about that within the context of SS&C technologies, uh, robotic process automation. What that is, it's, it's, so say for example, you have uh, some sort of a back office environment and you have a, a, a clerk doing data entry. So if you were to automate that through RPA, it would look like, for example, you would have uh, an instruction, an AI powered instruction, typically it would be like a natural language processing type of instruction that would read through content from a source document. It would identify the specific words and phrases that are relevant for whatever this workflow is. It would grab that content using optical character recognition and then it would port it into, through an RPA instruction, into a, an application, for example, you know, a piece of software where other people downstream can access it. So you would literally automate a discrete workflow using an RPA-based instruction. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, JP Morgan, far and away, is the heaviest investor in financial technology tools for uh, internal use and in, in, in those benefits are pushed out to, to the customer. So we're removing friction from the customer experience. I think you'll see other, I think JP Morgan invested 15 billion, if I'm not mistaken, 13 or 15 billion ish in 2019 on, on financial technology. I think you're going to see more of that, particularly with the bigger banks and even with, uh, smaller banks. So I don't know that smaller banks will make heavy investment themselves, but, Fintech vendors that play down market, like a Jack Henry, for example, there's a, a lot of wood to chop in terms of value that can be added, friction that can be removed from various workflows. And that'll be done through vendors like a, like a Jack Henry. So banking was a big one. Um, the, other, the other big one in the, in the five different industry verticals that we articulated in, the, in our Tech Today article is, is healthcare. You've, you've heard us talk about the consumerization of healthcare. Uh, my personal belief is that Amazon, not Amazon, but Apple is going to drive a lot of that by, by putting electronic medical records on the, on the phone, on the iPhone. And we had some legislation that passed several weeks ago that's going to make it easier to have interoperability and uh, medical record sharing between different platforms. So it's going to put more information in consumers' hands, and the sort of the um, the point of intersection is going to be the EMR on the iPhone. So I think uh, firms, you know, long-time healthcare IT players like Cerner, like Epic, are going to continue to have a role. But I think it's going to be companies like Apple, even Google. Google is doing a lot in terms of. Uh, putting records in the in the cloud so it feels like less in the way of customer facing stuff more in terms of automating the the doctor's office from a medical record standpoint and a, and a data organization standpoint but that's a big one and then the other obvious one that you've probably heard people talk about during this COVID pandemic has been just you know telemedicine docs and patients engaging over tools such as zoom and skype just to Communicate, answer questions, uh, high-level diagnosis, and those tools will get more advanced with, with time. So there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there. Real estate is another one. Um, I won't go into excruciating detail here, but I think there's a big opportunity for, for video 
and building intelligence into video. If you take a video tour of a house now on Zillow, it's typically a bunch of static photos and there's a video collage that just aggregates the static photos. I'm talking about a real robust video of you know different rooms within a house and then overlaying that video with data like you'd find on the commercial side, for example. So specs about each room, width, height, square footage, sailing height, so on and so forth, building materials. I think that's the big opportunity for firms like like Zillow, Redfin, to provide property-level data to, uh, and, and to incorporate that data as a wrapper around video, which will enable uh, buyers to do more of their due diligence remotely. And I think it will increase the velocity of turnover of, of home sales. So look out for that one. We cover retail. I think a lot of opportunities in retail. Uh, we talk about several of them. One, just to to highlight here for the podcast that you've probably experienced during this this COVID pandemic has been the curbside checkout thing. And it's it's all been phone-based, the stuff I've seen. Whether it's a pizzeria or a food store or a wine shop, a lot of it's just it's, it's phone-based. And these mom and pops uh, or even small sort of regional chains just aren't equipped to accept the orders online. They don't have sophisticated best practices, order management capability. They just, they just don't. And so I, I think there's an opportunity for companies like Shopify, Wix, even Facebook, since most of these firms have a Facebook page and Instagram page to incorporate order management capability, make it intuitive, low friction, high value add, even to add uh, purchase capability. So not just order but order to cash and to do the full transaction even even uh, refunds and such to manage that whole process there's a huge opportunity there and uh, you know it'll force a change in a lot of these smaller businesses frankly because their e-commerce volume will probably dwarf in store volume in in short order so you see a you know a, a, an operating change a quite significant one for many of those mom and pop companies so check that out. Again, it's the most recent article. We published it last night at Tech Today entitled Industry's Best Position to Go Mobile Post-COVID. Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but we have some good stuff there. That's all for now. See you next time.